Good morning, everybody. How are you today? It is good to see you. Hope you're doing well today. Um, we are going to begin a, a new series uh, today on truly free. What does it mean to be free in Jesus Christ? We're going to spend the next three weeks today. We're going to talk about being declared free. We're going to talk about next week being set free. And then the final week, we're going to talk about how to live free on a continual basis. So I hope you'll be a part of each of those. I want to remind you, when we finish that three-part series, we're going to finish the final three weeks of July talking about the end times. What does the Bible say about where we are in the end times and all of those things? And so for the next six weeks, I'm just excited about what God is going to do around here as well. This past week was a monumental week for um, a lot of folks who have been praying for a long time. I've asked you to pray for quite some time. Um, on Friday, um, the Supreme Court ruled uh, that Roe versus Wade was wrongly decided 50 years ago. Amen. And I thank God for the prayers and the protection of the innocent, but I also want you to know something. What the decision on Friday said was it didn't ban the procedure. What it said was it was wrongly decided that the courts should not have intervened where the people and the legislatures and the Congress should have acted, and that is only reserved for the people and their elected representatives. That means it's still in the hands of state legislatures. That means it's still in the hands of Congress. Um, and so we continue to pray that God's righteousness and his protection would be upon, uh, upon the unborn and the innocent. And I want you to continue to pray for that. But I also think this is the moment that the church can be the church. We prayed for 50 years for the protection of the innocent. And now it's time for us to also begin to pray and move for the provision of the innocent. Yes. Because this is the moment where the church can really be the church. And so how does that happen? I'm just going to tell you right now. Uh, we do things right now. We partner with pregnancy resource centers. We partner with sex trafficking organizations that help get people out of those places. Uh, we partner with uh, folks uh, to help people who are down on their luck and find themselves, even families, uh, in a position where they are struggling to make ends meet and um, real difficult circumstances are there. We partner with these, but you get to partner as well. Don't just rely on what Mount Perrin North does. You are the church. And so here's what I'm going to challenge you. Find pregnancy resource centers that are walking um, folks with un un unwanted, unexpected pregnancies through these things and finding um, adopt adoptive families for them and support them. Okay? Find it. I mean, pray for them, but, you know, get your wallets out and support them. Provision. God doesn't provide protection. He provides provision, too, for these things. Can I just tell you something? Um, I want you to begin to pray that God will move upon elected leaders in states and in our nation, that they would begin to provide credits, tax credits, for people who step up to the plate and adopt children, that that ought to be something that we reward. The average cost of an adoption in the state of Georgia is $25,000. It is ridiculous. And yet it is the way that it is. So can I just tell you something else? With the amount of members that we have here that actively attend, you guys do, some of you do cycle in and out a few every few weeks. <laughs> but that actively attend, if every person that did that 
gave $100 every single year. I don't just mean to my parents. I mean, if they gave $100 to, when, when they found out that there was a couple or a family wanting to adopt a child, do you realize just the people that are associated with our church could provide almost 20 adoptions every single year? You can make a difference. And so I want you to celebrate what God did on Friday, but I want you to understand that is, that is a doorway because God tells us that we are blessed to be a blessing, that he pours his blessings into us and his resources into us so that they may flow through us and we can bless others. This is what he spoke to Abraham about when he said, I will bless you so that you can bless the nations. And that's our call. So I want us to celebrate. I want us to pray and I want us to step up to the plate and be the church. Amen? Amen? We can do that. Come on, give God praise in this place. Today, I want to talk to you about what does it mean to be declared free? In the first part of our series on truly free, it's simply I want to take you to a passage of Scripture in John chapter 8. Now, to set the Scripture up, Jesus is debating with a lot of the religious leaders, and he's talking to them that they are actually unaware that they aren't actually free. They're unaware that they are bound by certain things. And they say, what do you mean? We've never been slaves to anyone. We're free, no one. We're children of Abraham. And Jesus says, you are deceived. You are more in bondage than you can ever imagine. But you can be free. And in John chapter eight, verse 36, he says this. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. Can you just read that with me? If the son sets you free, you are truly free. Let's look at what God has to say about being declared free today. Let's pray. Father, in the next few moments, I thank you for your presence that has already been in this place. I thank you for your presence that was in our earlier service. I thank you for the way that you worked there. But Lord, I already know that your spirit has a distinctive work to do in this service for these folks that are in here, Lord. I pray that you speak to us corporately, but I also pray that your words speak to us individually, Lord. Some of the things that will apply to all of us and some of the things that will apply to some of us, I pray that we would allow you to speak deep within our hearts and for the word to take root and you to water it and bring to fruition all that you have planned to do. Anoint the word as it goes forth and on our ears to hear it and our hearts to receive it so that you may accomplish your perfect will. And we'll be careful to give you the praise for it. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen and amen. You know, we often have different ideas about what it means to be free. We often have our own concepts of what freedom is. And it could come from a political background, what that looks like freedom-wise. It could come from a financial background of what does it look like to be financially free. It could come from a, um, uh, a social uh, aspect where there's a lot of people today that define freedom as please stay out of my business and leave me alone. Freedom means a lot of things to a lot of people, but freedom means one thing in a spiritual sense. It means to be set free from the bondage that the devil has a hold on you. And that Jesus Christ, who said, if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. Jesus Christ came to this earth, was the son of God, gave his life on a cross for our sins, was buried in a tomb, but three days later rose to new life again. 
so that we could be absolutely and totally free from the things that used to bind us. That's what spiritual freedom is. Now, why is that important? Because the moment something is declared over you makes a huge difference. The moment something, there's a line in the sand that is drawn. There's a line of demarcation that is crossed over. The moment you declare something is almost like crossing the Rubicon. You're not going back anymore. In a few weeks, I mean, in about a week, a few days, we're going to celebrate something in the life of our nation, a declaration of independence. And we'll do that as a, as a church family and for the community on Friday. But in that, what we're celebrating is that there's a mark in time where we declared enough was enough, tyranny was enough, and we declared that we were going to be free people. Now, on July the 2nd, 1776, the Second Continental Congress had been meeting for weeks, and they had already begun to draft what was called the Declaration of Independence. Henry Lee had produced a resolution, and it looked favorable, so they began to draft a, a copy of the Declaration of Independence. And on July the 2nd, the draft came, and on that day, the Lee Resolution was passed. And on the day that the Lee Resolution was passed, what said was that the colonies of Great Britain were now free and independent states. They then adjusted it and made some corrections and amendments to the declaration. They took it back for two days, made those adjustments, brought it back on July the 4th, 1776. And the wording that we know of today was also authorized on that, sing on that day and adopted on July 4th, 1776. As a matter of fact, John Adams stated that July 2nd would be forever remembered. John Adams just kept getting it wrong all the time, didn't he? But he said, this is the day. Everybody's going to remember this day. It turns out it was July 4th when the official wording came down. But on that day, it changed everything. There was no going back because what was drafted on that day was going to be sent to King George, and it was going to be a declaration of not just independence. There was going to be a declaration of war made on those colonies. When something is declared, there really is no going back. There's no turning back. But here's a couple of things I need you to see about how we've been declared free. The first thing I need you to see is this, is that you have been declared free. You have been declared free. Spiritually speaking, you've been declared free. So I want you to look at someone and say, I've been declared free. Now here's what's important. Here's what's important for you to know. You've been declared free that sin doesn't have to have a hold on you, that your past doesn't have to have victory over you. You've been declared free by Jesus Christ. Here's what Jesus said when he was beginning his ministry and he began the ministry, he's in a synagogue and in Luke chapter four, they ask him to speak, to read and to speak. In Luke chapter four, he picks up the scroll of Isaiah and he turns to the place in Isaiah and this is what he says in verses 18 through 21. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see and that the oppressed will be set free and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And he rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, sat down, and all eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. And then he began to speak to them. This scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. 
What he said is this, what you've been looking for for so long has now been accomplished. This is what I've come to do, to bring good news to the poor. Now, in this, he is literally, in this and also in the Beatitudes, he's operating on a physical and a spiritual level. So the good news, the gospel, is available to the poor. So there's no barrier for the gospel. There's no elite class and lower class. There's no upper echelon and lower echelon. There's no rich and there's no poor when it comes to the good news. It is available to everyone. But it's also talking spiritually. If you are down and out, if you feel far from God, if you feel like that you've sinned too much or gone too far, he says, here's who I've come for. I've come for you. And the good news is, is that freedom is available to all who will call upon the name of the Lord. Available to everyone. There's no class system in the kingdom of God. There are no barriers to the grace of Jesus Christ. It is available to everyone. He says, I've come to set free and release the captives. He says, I've come that the blind will see. And yes, he performed miracles for the physically blind. And yes, people benefited, but there was a purpose for it. And you know what the reason was? So that people could see that one who could open spiritual, I mean, physical blind eyes could also open the eyes of those that are spiritual blinded and they can see as well. He's operating on a physical and a spiritual level. And what he says is this, the reason that I have come, the reason Jesus came was so that you could be free. And this is important because the person who is bound and the person who is locked up and the person who's in a prison cell has no authority to walk out. You're in a prison cell, you don't get to say, let me out right now. Somebody else has authority over you. If you're bound, somebody else holds the key. Somebody who has greater authority than you, who has authority over the circumstances and has authority over the bondage that you're in, has to say the word and declare you to be free. And this is what Jesus did. He is the son of God, the Lord of all creation, the one who made heaven and earth. And what he declared was this, I have come that you might be free. And the one that the son sets free is truly, truly free. Because here's the promise. Only the Son of God can set you free from the bondage of sin. Only Jesus can set you free from the bondage of addiction. Only Jesus can set you free from the bondage of low self-worth or low self-image. Only Jesus can set you free from the bondage of guilt. Only Jesus can set you free from the bondage of shame. Only Jesus can set you free from the bondage of your past. Only Jesus can do that. And Jesus has declared that you can be free today. And for every person in this room right now, I want you to hear me. Whatever you are facing, whatever you are bound by, and maybe you don't know Jesus Christ and Lord as Savior, and you're bound by sin, you can be free today. Maybe you've made a decision to follow him, but you are still walking around in the cell and the prison of your past or shame or guilt. You don't have to stay there because Jesus has declared you can be free today. But you need to understand something. You've been declared free, but now this is your part. What has been declared over you has to be declared in you. 
Jesus speaks over your circumstances. Jesus says you're free, but you have to declare that that is true for you. You have to decide whether or not the words of Jesus are stronger and more powerful than the words of the enemy because the enemy wants to keep you in bondage. The enemy doesn't want you to be free. Here's what Jesus said. Right before he said, whom the son sets free um, is uh, free indeed or truly free, here's what he says. He says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You will know the truth. Say those words, know the truth. So what does that mean? He is truth. Jesus said in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by me. You have to know the truth, and you have to know that the truth contained in the word of God and in the words of Jesus Christ and the leading of the Holy Spirit is true. Not just true out there, not just true in theory, but true applied in your life. You don't have the power to declare your freedom, but you do have the power to accept your freedom. I want to say it again. You don't have the power to declare your freedom, but you do have the power to accept the freedom that's offered to you. You have the power to choose the voices you allow to speak into your life. And the Lord wants to declare freedom and truth over your life. The devil wants to declare bondage over your life. The world wants to declare their agenda over your life. But you get to choose who speaks into your life. You get to choose what words get to, not are spoken at you, but what words get to settle down deep in your heart and your mind and your soul. You get to choose what words you accept as truth in your life. And if you're going to be free, you have to agree with what the Lord has said about you. What has he said about you? Psalm 139 says, you're fearfully and wonderfully made, knitted together in your mother's womb. For some of you, you need to declare that in your life. It's already been said about you, but you need to accept it for your life. You think you're a mistake. You think you're an accident. You think God messed up when he made you. Can I just tell you something? You're not an accident. You're not a mistake. He didn't mess something up when he made you. He made you, divinely made you in order to fulfill the destiny and the purpose and the calling that he has for your life in this time and in this place and in your circumstances. And if some of you will allow that to sink deep within you, you can walk out of here today with joy and liberty and freedom. You need to accept the words of God in your life. (laughs) Psalm 17 says, you're the apple of God's eye. Some of you need to know God thinks the world of you. Deuteronomy chapter 7 says that you are a treasured possession. John 12 says you're a child of God. You're a son or a daughter of the king of glory. Romans 8 says you're more than a conqueror. 1 Peter chapter 2 says you're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. And I love this, and some of you need to get this. Jeremiah chapter 3 says, God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. God doesn't love you because of what you've done. He's loved you since before he ever created you. Think about that. Before he ever created you. He loved you, and it is an everlasting love. 
See, the problem is when you give space to the lies of the enemy, if you do that, you will never believe that you can escape from the bondage that you're in. You'll believe that you can never be free. But when Jesus walked out of the grave, he walked out as the Lord who's conquered death. When Jesus walked out as the victorious one, he walked out with the authority and the keys to death, hell, and the grave, and shame, and guilt, and condemnation, and your past, and he set you free. He's the one who holds the keys, and he has determined that you should walk out free today. Whom the Son has set free is truly free. But this is the problem. I want you to get this picture. Picture yourself in a prison cell and the door is closed and it's locked. And here comes Jesus and he has the keys to give you your freedom. And he walks through the door and he unlocks the door and he opens the door and he beckons you to come out and walk into freedom. Some of the problem is you're so used to being in your prison, you don't know what it's like to be in freedom, and you would rather stay in what you know than walk out in what he has for you. You would rather stay in the idea of victimhood than walk out and become a victor in Jesus Christ. You're comfortable in the addiction that has a hold on you right now. You're comfortable where you are. And Jesus is beckoning you to say, come out of that prison. Can I just tell you, if you'll be bold enough to step out and what has been declared over you, you start to receive and declare in you, you can step out in freedom and become the man or the woman and the child of God that he has created you to be. But I need you to take courage and step out today in Jesus' name and what what he can do for you. Amen. Give God praise in this place. This is why it's so important. How do you walk out? You give God's voice greater space than you give other voices. There are going to be people speaking to you all the time. The enemy's going to try, but you give God permission to take rest in your heart that his words can settle. This is why it's important for you to read your Bible every day. It's his word for you. It's why it's so important to not only read it, but think on it and meditate it and allow God to apply it to your life. This is the reason why you need to know God's promises. It's the reason why I've shared them with you before. And there, there is a list. It takes me about four or five minutes every day. It's a list of daily affirmations that over the years I've seen people say, or I've, I've just jotted it down like, yep, I need to say that over my life. Yep, I need to agree with that. God has said that over my life. All of it's scripture-based. I just read it every single day. And sometimes I read, I've read it so much, I'll just close my eyes and I'm just saying it because I know it. But it's what, it, it's what God says about me, that I am not an accident, I'm not a mistake, I'm a child of God, that he's given me victory over my past, that he's given me victory over my shame, that God has given me giftings and callings and has a purpose for my life. I'm not a prisoner to any addiction that used to have a hold on me. I'm not a prisoner to any habits or anything else. I am more than a conqueror in Jesus Christ. You've got to figure out a way, and if that helps you, I'll give it to you. But you've got to believe it when you say it and let it settle in your heart. What has been declared over you has to be declared in you so you can live in freedom. But there's one other thing I want you to know that's a calling of God. It's what happens 
for free people. It's this. What has been declared in you must be declared by you. It is not enough just to be free and be silent. This is what the passage in Romans chapter 10, verses 13 through 15 says. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's the good news. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? How can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? How can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. You know what that's saying? God thinks your walk is beautiful when you tell others about what Jesus has done for you. It's not okay. Freed people don't stay silent. Freed people free people. Hear that? Freed people free people. Resurrected people tell everyone, I was once dead, but now I am alive through Jesus Christ. You see, if you if you've truly get a concept of what it means to be raised to new life. This is not something that just happens in the normal. It's not something that happens in the natural. This is something that is supernatural. And listen to me. If you have been given new life in Jesus Christ, think about this. Everything you've ever done is in the past. Never again to be brought up against you. That's good news. And you're not walking aimlessly through this world. You're walking with a purpose and a calling and an anointing and blessing. And this walk that you have right now will never end because even if you step through the doorway of death, you will walk into his presence and forever be with him. Folks, that is good news and resurrected people ought to share the good news. I was struck years ago when um, the, the, the magician and comedy group, Penn and Teller, Penn Gillette, he's, if you know anything about it, he's the one that talks. The other guy doesn't talk ever. But Penn Gillette was um, uh, really just posted a video to YouTube, um, unsolicited or anything. It was about an encounter that he had. Now, Penn Gillette is an avowed and devout atheist. But as he was sharing, he was talking about a man that came up to him after the show, and he said, he was just waiting on the side, you know, while I was signing autographs, and he said, as he came up to me, he just said, how much you enjoyed the show, asked me for an autograph, and then um, just really just engaged in conversation, and then said, hey, I know you're an atheist, but um, I hope you won't be offended, but I just want to give you this Gideon's New Testament. And he said, I took it, and he then opened the cover, and he said, by the way, inside the cover, this is my name. It's my phone number if you ever want to call and talk about it. And here's a list of people and places you can talk to if you ever have questions about anything. I'm not here to offend you. I just wanted to share with you. And as an atheist, he said, this didn't bother me at all. He said, as a matter of fact, it touched me that he cared enough about me that he would actually try to share Jesus, proselytize. And he said, what I don't understand is this. I don't understand people who believe this, but don't share it. 
As a matter of fact, here is, here is his quote. He said, I don't respect that at all. If you believe that there's a heaven and a hell and people could be going to hell or not getting eternal life or whatever, and you think it's not worth telling them this because it would make it socially awkward, or atheists who think that people shouldn't proselytize and they say, leave me alone, keep your religion to yourself. His words, the words of the atheist. How much do you have to hate somebody to not proselytize? How much do you have to hate somebody to believe that everlasting life is possible and not tell them that? He said, if I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that a truck was coming at you and you didn't believe it and that truck was bearing down on you, there's a certain point where I would just tackle you. And eternal life is so much more important than that. At the beginning, I shared with you about the moment our country made a bold declaration. July the 2nd and July the 4th, 1776. On August the 2nd, it was actually sent off to the printers to have the formal copy that you know now. And on August the 2nd, 1776, it was signed by 49 of the 56 delegates. The others would come in the next few days. The document that you see now, that you recognize as the Declaration of Independence in pictures, was the one that was signed August 2nd, 1776. So what happened in the month between July the 2nd and July the 4th and August the 2nd? Every one of the delegates went home and told their state legislative bodies to whom they represented the decision they were being declared free. And they went to the local newspapers and they said, publish it so that everyone will know that they're free. And then they prepared an official copy signed by all the delegates so that the decision that was made privately in a room would be made public for all to see and all to know that they were free. How many of you are longing for the day when Jesus comes again? Can I just see your hands? How many of you have a genuine interest in end times, things that are going on? You know, Barna says that's one of the most common questions. Just want to give you something this morning. Jesus didn't give times and dates. He said no one knows those except the Father. But you know what he did say? He says, I'll tell you when the end is going to come. And it's not when certain numerical formulas are taking place in all of this. You know what he said? And this gospel will be preached in all the world, and then the end will come. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to see Jesus. And it's our job to do our part to take what's been declared over us and declared in us and declare it to everyone else that you can be free so that the gospel can reach everyone and then Jesus will come. You don't have to live in bondage anymore. You don't have to live in fear anymore. 
you can be free, live free, and share freedom. It's what you've been called to do by Jesus Christ. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Some of you in this room, some of you watching online, the freedom that you need more than anything else is freedom from sin. It's the bondage that has a hold on you. So if you came into this place today and you know things aren't right between you and the Lord, you just simply need to pray something like this. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the sacrifice that you made. And I thank you that because of that sacrifice, freedom is available to all who would call upon the name of the Lord. And so today I call on you and ask you to forgive me of my sins and of my past. And I ask you to be the Lord and the leader of my life. And as you lead me, Lord, I will follow you from this day forward. Now I'm gonna ask everyone in the room just to pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. And I want you to pray this and listen closely. I want you to say, Jesus, I accept your freedom. Now with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if that's you, you know when you came in here that things weren't right between you and the Lord and you'd made a decision to follow him for the first time or the first time in a long time. I'm not here to embarrass you. I wanna pray for you this week. But if that's you, I want you to be bold this morning. Raise your hand really high so I can pray for you this week. Just acknowledge it before the Lord right now. Keep them up just a moment, please. Thank you. Thank you so much. Amen. 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 All right, you can put them down. Father, we thank you for lives that have been changed. We thank you for the hope that has been given to us through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And we thank you that you've made a way that we can be free from our past and we can be free from the lies of the enemy and we can live a life that is filled with purpose and destiny. So this morning, I pray that as we walk out of this place, we walk out in freedom, knowing that you are with us, that you are for us, and you are leading us. And Lord, we thank you today in Jesus' name for all that you have done. Amen and amen. I'm gonna ask you to stand with me, please, and I'm gonna ask you to just have a response this morning. I've asked Pastor Lance and the team to come and lead us in a song called Build My Life. And for some of you, whatever it is, you'd, you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, but you've allowed the enemy to hold you in bondage because of your past, because of a circumstance, because of guilt and shame. Today, right now, by faith, as you sing these words, I want you to release that to him and give him that so you can walk out in freedom today. How many wants to be free today when you walk out of this place? Amen? Let's do that now in the name of Jesus. Let's worship him. Let's sing it together, worthy of every song. You're worthy of every song we could ever see. Worthy of all the praise we could ever breathe. Worthy of every breath. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. In Jesus, the name above every name. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say. You're worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Yes, we live for you. 
sing it to him sing holy sing holy there is no one like you there is none beside you open up my eyes in wonder show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those Worthy of every song we could ever sing. You're worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you, yes we do. Sing Jesus the name above every other name. Jesus the only one who could ever say he's worthy. And you're worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you.
Amen. Whom the sun sets free is truly free. Amen. Why don't you celebrate with me today? Nine people gave their hearts to Jesus Christ. Amen. So thankful for what the Lord is doing and has done. And can I just tell you, if you've made a decision today or in the last few weeks, we would love to help you get started on your walk. Um, and uh, some of our grow team will be up front at the end of service today and would love to talk with you about if, if it's a salvation, you want some ideas and some, um, some, some advice. And, um, or if you just want to know more about Mount Perrin North, we'd love to answer any questions that you might possibly have. Before you go, I want to say a couple of things um, before I bless you today. Um, today is the last Sunday here for a couple of folks that have um, Will and Maddie Sansom, these two recently married. I've watched these kids grow up and they're not kids anymore. They are going to Wheaton, Illinois, and um, she's going to be continuing her studies there as uh, trauma uh, counseling. And uh, Will has uh, got a great job with uh, Home Depot, and uh, we are so excited for you guys and what God has in store for you. And can I just tell you, um, not just on behalf of them personally, I've watched you grow up. I'm so proud of you too. And uh, we just pray God's blessings over you and appreciate all you do and all you've done here. We love you guys. And if you're saying prayers, you can say pray for prayers for them, for the Sansoms and the Mays, because they've got they're dealing with uh, them leaving them for a little while. So, I want to uh, take the privilege to bless you, and then after I bless you, Pastor is Pastor Jason anywhere around? Ah, there he is. All you do is just ask for him. He pops out from behind a curtain. That's the way it is. I'm going to bless you. He's going to come out here and give you a couple other things about freedom celebration, and he's going to lead you in the response before we're dismissed. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace in Jesus' name. God bless you, folks. Love you. Come on, church. Let's give God praise. He's always worthy. Yeah, just a quick reminder about freedom celebration. Everybody say in your best brave heart voice, freedom! You remember that movie, they may take our lives, but they will never take our freedom. I mean, I don't recommend the movie. It's not that great, but the line's really good. The line's really good. Friday, don't forget Friday, starting around 6 o'clock, we got food trucks, inflatables, all kinds of great stuff, a free concert. But we want you to plug in and help. We're hosting our community. We'll have probably three, 4,000 people here on campus, which is amazing. You'll be part of that fun, but we need your help hosting them. So we've got a sign-up form that's available. You can jump on a serving team to do a number, a number of really easy things to help show hospitality to our community. If you want to sign up online, you can do that at freedom, uh, sorry, mountperrinorth.com slash freedom, or you can sign up in person today in the main lobby over this way. We hope that you'll come and be with us on Friday night. Don't forget to bring your mac and cheese. We're partnering with Must Ministries to feed these kids that would normally get free school lunch during the school year. It's summer breaks. So we partner with Must to make sure those kids are taken care of. So you can bring mac and cheese and drop them in our donation bins and be with us on Friday. Bring a friend bring family, bring whoever you want to bring. We look forward to having you there. And also, one other thing you can do to help us out before you go today, it's back-to-school backpack time, one of our major outreaches that we do here as a church family. And we've got only 65 backpacks left. It's really easy. You take an empty backpack, you get the card, you buy all the school supplies, fill up the backpack and bring it back, and we get it to a kid in need. We've got 65 
backpacks left. And we've got well over 300 people here in the room today for this service. I think, I see no reason why we can't take all 65 home. Right, church? Yeah, yeah. So I want you to go out there, grab a couple of backpacks. I want you to wipe them out. I told the last service the same thing, and they only took 35. So listen, you've got a chance to become my favorite service. You can earn it, yeah? So please grab a backpack, fill it up, bring it back. We want to bless our community because we're the church, and that's one of the reasons that we're here is to bless others and show them Christ's love. Amen? Amen. All right, before we go today, would you join with me, and let's say out our benediction, Psalm 19, verse 14. Let's say it together. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God bless you. Have a fantastic day. We love you.